Hello, this is Austin Matra, and welcome back to the Dragon's Den podcast. Finally back home. Long decompress after the Super Bowl. Today, I'm joined by guest, Brianna Skemmerhorn. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Figured we'd have a Chiefs fan on again to talk about the Chiefs. I feel like we've been gassing them up pretty much the whole way, but we were right. They won again. How do you feel? I mean, partially biased, but no, they... I mean, they've had it this season. They have definitely had a few games where it was questionable, and everyone had high hopes for the 49ers because, you know, won the... You don't want them to win different. again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw 49ers fans at the stadium, and we'll get to that later, but they were getting really cocky when they went up 10 points. And I'm like, this isn't going to end well for you guys. Like, Really? I know it's going to at least be close. You guys are celebrating like you won, and it's only been like 10 points. Like, let's calm down here. And, of course, Mahomes goes down the field, ties it up at the end of the game. Defense stops him for defense stops the Niners, and they're able to win. So Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of Chiefs fans didn't really lose that confidence because the past, what, two years now, they've come back after a 10-point deficit. Deficit, yeah. yeah. And what I think the Chiefs did really well this year is they just, they change so well. They're not a team that, like, if you take away something, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you figured us out. Like, the last three years have been completely different variations of this team. Three years ago was Tyreek and Kelsey on offense. Then last year, Mahomes is checking it down a lot more, using Kelsey, but still winning games, you know, through Mahomes. Then this year, the offense gets off to a rough start. And you have the defense get to carry you for a while. And then you get one or two guys start to emerge from the offense and it finally starts clicking. So that's what's so scary about the Chiefs to me is they're just good no matter what to me. I mean, you can elaborate more on that. You've watched more Chiefs football than me. So, yeah, I mean, they it's true. They're like, you know, he's a new. Tom Brady, like, you know, he's coming up. I mean, his he's stats not the are... He's Tom Brady. He's the first Patrick Holmes. True. It's a good way of putting that. His stats aren't off. He's, for his age, too, he's a really great quarterback. Great leader in the locker room. All the guys seem to love him there. I mean, you get some heated moments with him. You get some cringy things, you know, yeah. at least from an outside perspective. Like, when they lost the game to Buffalo, like, I understand, like, it's passion coming through, and mm-hmm. yeah, it looks shitty in the moment, but I can at least understand why he was mad, you know, and things like that. But Casey did have a crazy road to get here. Like, from week one, the Kadarius Joni dropped, you know, dropped catch to a pick six to yeah. a Miko Hardman yeah. game-winning touchdown who didn't even begin the year on the Chiefs, so... I mean, if we kind of just want to walk through how it was, you know, game one, that Lions game was was a struggle. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the teams where we're like, okay, well, we have this in the bag, you know, we're going to get this. Those were the games that I feel like we might have gone into with a little too much confidence, but also there's always room for improvement. It's those games that, you know, you've beat, you know, you beat the team in the past. Like, those are the games that you can really focus on, okay, technical work, you know, like, we have more room to test out new things, try out new things. And then when it actually matters for those big games, it you, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different mindset. So I feel like that's something that next season we're going to have to go into is just fixing that mindset going into different games. 
I mean, it happens with every team. I mean, even like Cortland, yeah. like, you know, there's some of those games you're like, oh, yeah, we have this in the bag, but like. It gets a little dicey and, yeah. you know, the Chiefs wind up losing. But they had some, like, the Chiefs had some weird games this year because they play so yeah. well. And then they'll go lose like 24 to 9 to the Broncos, who were not that good at week eight, you know? And especially with the way their team run, like, it was just a weird game. And same again, like, later on against the Raiders. Like, lost their first time. Antonio Pierce comes in and they lose at home to the Raiders, which is, you know, a big thing for the Raiders who are trying to get back on their feet. But they just, they lost a lot of winnable games. But they also won a lot of games against good opponents this year. Like, it just happened to be a very up and down kind of wishwashy year in my eyes. Like, you. We started off pretty strong. I mean, yeah. Preseason, obviously, you don't have your top players, and oh but yeah. We, I mean, I had some confidence at the beginning, and then there were some rocky games in there. But I mean, the Jaguars game, you know, just kind of a regular seventeen to nine victory. They didn't have the offense rolling then. Forty one to ten was. I remember Bears, vividly yeah. that was the birth of the Taylor Swift era oh my God. because I remember seeing every meme they're like the Swifties were like oh this is easy do we win like this every week and everyone's like no that's just the Bears it's just it's true I mean the thing with the whole Taylor Swift thing I feel like you lose a game and everyone's like oh let's blame it on Taylor Swift you know it's the easiest way easiest thing to blame it on the thing about that is like obviously there's so much more that goes into a game and it has nothing to do with it, it honestly. yeah it doesn't the it has players nothing don't to do with it whatsoever that. and honestly i've said it before it's great marketing from the nfl because football fans are gonna watch the game regardless if you to show taylor swift for 20 seconds during the game that gets all the swifties going and they'll watch games and it's been great for the nfl from a marketing perspective and i think they've killed it but it does annoy certain people but those people are like, yeah, you're going to watch football anyway. What do you care? Yeah. Like, you maybe you just won't watch. Everyone was complaining, oh, I'm not watching the Chiefs. I'm not watching the Chiefs. It was the most watched Super Bowl in, like, history, they said. Yeah, I do want to cover that a little bit. Um, coming from a marketing student, someone who is going in, who wants to work in the NFL, you have many other famous athletes or singers, you know, stuff like that in the stadium, and you're going to show them. It just happened to be that, I mean, Taylor Swift is big. Like, she is oh, yeah. probably the biggest music artist in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. She just won her fourth or f I think it's her fourth. I don't know. Like that. But, you know, I, she. I'm, I'm mad at the Grammys right now. <laughs> Not for that. For for best rap album. Oh, uh, okay. But, yeah, like, especially just the whole NFL thing, like, you want to get the views. You want to get more people watching. And it's opening up doors for these young girls and even boys to just watch football. And it's just a whole new, I guess, generation is watching football. And, I mean, you're going to have the, like Taylor says, dad, brads, and chads hating on it. But, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a marketing standpoint. You're, I don't know. You, there, it's that. about the money. You want to, you know, mm -hmm. it's pure facts. You're going to gain more revenue just Showing, well, showing yeah. what other people that want to see. That brings me but... to the, the week four game with the Chiefs because that's when they played the Jets on prime time. Oh, right. And Jets fan over there. Yeah. I remember I'm like, 
dude, there's like Swifty fans with misspelled Kelsey jerseys right now, like at the game. I know some people misspelled them on purpose, though, because their name, like their name was Kelsey, so they wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm like, so when I first saw that, I'm like, man, I really wanted to go to this game when it had Rodgers. And now we've devoted, because this was when Zach Wilson was not playing before the game. He played amazing that game, but he was not doing good. So I'm like, great. You know, I wanted to be at this game. I wanted to see Rodgers. And now it's just like not what I wanted. But. That was an amazing game, you know, from a Jets perspective. Yeah, it was really close. I'm actually surprised how close that game was. Um, I thought it was going to be a blowout after the huge Pacheco run. And then there was another, I think at one of the tight ends, I think it was Noah Gray had a big play. And I just thought, oh, I'm like, oh, we are out of this game. Like, they cannot play with Zach. And they fought back. And I thought they were going to win until the last drive happened, which, you know, I don't agree necessarily with the call, but that's not my job. So I'll leave it to the professionals. But from either the, way, the still a good game. Being from the Eastern side of New York, it's like the everyone around me, they're Jets, Giants fans. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things like it's, it's a heartbreak for us, like back home. Yeah, but it's definitely a game that I really wanted to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope they, I hope we see Rodgers play in it. If they do play again soon, because yeah, what do you think's what do you think's going on with that? I know he had like one of the fastest. I I know recoveries. he'll play, but I just wonder what the offseason plan is at this point because we need offensive line. That is very clear, very obvious. There's a lot of different ways to attack it, but I don't know how they will. Me personally, I like the Los Angeles Angels approach of drafting where you throw shit at the wall and see where it sticks. I often reference they had a draft where they had like 10 or they had a lot of picks. They spent every pick on a, on a pitcher. Every single pick was a pitcher. So I say we do that with offensive linemen because you're going to get like two guys who can hopefully start like that and we'll go from there. But if you spend eight picks on linemen, something's got to hit. Drafting is an interesting topic that I would always love to learn more about. I know, like, everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs, like, you know, anything could happen in a season. You know, you, you know, trade someone, you draft someone, anything can happen. It can change a whole, your team entirely. And, like, just the Chiefs, you know, they, they work their way around things, like you said earlier. Yeah. I mean, like, Rasheed Rice, very, like, kind of under the radar coming in. I thought it would be someone more like Sky Moore who would take the reins, but... Yeah, no, this season, I feel like he's stepped up a bit, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone took, like, little steps. Certain people, you know, went backwards, like Tony. I don't think we'll be seeing him again. But, like, halfway through the season, I'm like, man, if the Chiefs don't make the playoffs or something happens and they wind up getting Keon Coleman, a receiver out of Florida State, that's going to be bad for everyone else. Because the last thing Mahomes needs is a crazy good deep ball receiver who yeah, we need- has a cr- crazy catch radius. I'm like, if they get that in that offense, they're going to be so much good, better again. But they got so much better with Rasheed Rice. So what can you do? Yeah, but leave it to the professionals. They they know what they're doing. Yeah. What I, what I like to do when I do draft stuff, I haven't been into it as much the last two years because I've been busier, but... And the Jets have had later draft picks, but when they were always high up, the Athletic always used to put out something called The Beast, which 
is one of my favorite pieces of content in all of sports yearly. They literally do a deep dive into every single player that is like eligible. I think there's like 400 players they do this on. They get their scouting profiles, like their backstory, combine, all this stuff. And they write up a huge like draft cheat sheet. And I love reading it. I used to, yeah. you know, I used to read it during like English class my senior year because. The best distraction. <laughs> yeah. I'm like COVID year. Yeah. I'm trying to pay attention. So sometimes I just flip that on, read a couple. It's like and that's moment, you know, I'm, go I'm going to work in sports one day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, I knew, I knew before that I toured Cortland my sophomore year of high school. And I said, wow. yeah, that's where I'm going. I knew. I knew where I wanted to go. My mom made me apply to Syracuse as a backup school because we had a free application because I took a SUNY sport management class or like, uh, no, not SUNY, whatever Syracuse is. I forget, I forget what it is. It's like, it's like we used to have like WCC for Westchester community. We had AP classes. I forget what, oh, SUPA, Syracuse University Project Advanced. But I took one of those classes, so they gave us a free application. But I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Cortland no matter what. Yeah, Syracuse, is a, their applications are quite expensive. Yeah. It's a great school. I mean, their sport management program is great too. But it's nice that like the two schools work together. I mean, that's one of the yeah. biggest things. Like you're paying obviously less to come here. It's a state school, but you work hand in hand with Syracuse. Like you can oh, do your yeah. internship Syracuse, just like Binghamton. We, we do so much stuff with like their, you know, Q's crew or whatever. And we, you know, we have the opportunity to work our own sports who, you know, just won a national championship in football, you know, basketball, just had their crazy overtime win against SUNY Plattsburgh. Uh, shout out my old roommate, Jeremy. I'm sorry I couldn't make it to the game, but I had a Zoom call for, uh, I had a Airbnb incident uh, in Vegas. So they were just calling us to make sure like everything was good. Everything is good and everything is cleared up. <laughs> I yeah, couldn't make it last I couldn't night. make that game either. I'm actually really upset about it. It's my roommate's 21st birthday, so we wanted to celebrate with her. Obviously, that happens once in a lifetime. So I was like, you know what? I'll leave it out. And I had no idea what was in store for that game. I watched it over and over again, that live stream video from the last, I guess, 20 seconds, I think that video started at. I just watched it over and over, and it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Cortland Sports has been doing real good lately. But any, going back, I mean, where were we? The Chiefs-Jets game? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was that was a crazy game. And, you know, speaking of elite cornerbacks, Need and McDuffie have been amazing this year. Honestly, like just from a neutral perspective, like they have played amazing football. And now I think they're starting to get the credit they deserve. But I feel like in the past, they really didn't get that. They were just kind of good cornerbacks. But, you know, after that, go, go on to beat the Vikings and the Broncos, Chargers. Then you lose to the Broncos again. I don't know. Yeah, they're, that, they're I remember vaguely losses. those three weeks. I was like, okay, you know, there's a little bit more hope. You know, we're getting there. And then the Broncos game was like. That that Germany game was so crazy. I I remember, like, I woke up and I'm like, oh, this is a really low scoring game. I'm going back to sleep. And then I woke up and I'm like, oh, really? 21 to 14? Like, that's what happened. I figured that game would be like 35 to 32 or something. Crazy. I figured it would be like an offensive showcase, especially with Tyreek going back up against his old team. 
Yeah. I thought he would go for like 150 yards. Yeah, no, I really thought that the Chiefs and Dolphins game was going to be very similar to like the Super Bowl this year, like super tight. But um, then again, like then you get the rematch and it's the worst conditions of all time. I had Mackenzie on the podcast before one of the women I went to the Super Bowl with and she w went to the game and it was like freezing. She said she was in like was three there. layers. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I, how do you play football in this weather? I knew the second the weather report got released, I would have, I, you know, I, I knew that Kansas City was going to win. <laughs> I'm like, Miami, Miami's just not built for the cold. That team is not, to I me. Know a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, like, obviously, that's why we won the game. But you can't think, I mean, even if you go from, like, say, if Buffalo, right, plays in Florida, it's mm -hmm. going to be a different conditions than they're used to as well. I mean, being on the track team, like, it's cold in New York. So most of our game, our meets were snowing, raining, sleeting. And then Something. you go to games in Pennsylvania and it's 75 degrees and sunny and you're just not used to it. I mean, especially for when you're a runner, like you get so accustomed to these conditions that like, when you switch it up, it it just you know. switches you off. And I mean, like if I'm running, I'd almost rather it be in the rain if I'm doing like a track. Yeah, so I don't. I used to throw, but I know a lot of the runners would say that they prefer the cold actually than the warmth because mm -hmm. you obviously sweat faster out of breath. You know, it's hot. It's hard on you. But yeah, I mean. That was, that was certainly a game I saw. I'm like, oh, Isaiah Pacheco rushing line. Like, I really like that. And I put a couple of units on that. So I saw something on social media where it was like, why? It was an interview and they were interviewing some Dolphins players and they were like, well, why are you wearing a teat? Like, no long sleeve under your jersey. And they were like, oh, like, we want to come off as tough. <laughs> and I was like, uh... It's I'm, cold. Like I, I wouldn't judge you if you were wearing when yeah. it's negative degrees out. I'd rather be warm so my skin doesn't hurt every time I get off the ball to make contact yeah. with the other team. Like I also thought Pacheco was a perfect running back for that game. That is a man you don't want to tackle in the fourth quarter already. <laughs> make it negative what, twenty with wind chill? She should just build different that weather <laughs> Yeah, that was that Kansas was a crazy City weather, you know. It's unpredictable, just like Buffalo. I mean, coming off the bot coming off the bye and then losing to the Eagles, though, that's probably like like you know, then you win against the Raiders, then you lose to Packers, lose to the Bills, win to the Patriots, and then lose to the Raiders. That was a rough stretch. Like coming out of the bye. Definitely been an interesting season. I will say that. Um I mean the Eagles too. The Eagles were such an interesting team because they were looking hot. And I then genuinely am actually upset about that. Obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan, and, you know, the Eagles, we played them in the Super Bowl last year, but I really wanted them. I mean, Jason Kelsey, come on. Like, everyone loves that man. Mm -hmm. And, like, him talking about it being his last season. I heard he might I, come back again. Really? Well, he hasn't technically he, retired I, Yeah, yet. I think he's, like, 90% sure he's retired, but I'm not entirely sure if he, you know, is like, hey, maybe I'll come back. That's what I heard. I watched a podcast, the big podcast with Shaq, and he had Jason Kelsey on it. And I think he said, I'm not entirely sure I'm done, but I'm like pretty sure I'm out of here. I really wanted him, like, I, you know, I wanted him to do well for him. Obviously, like, there's other teams out there, but he had such a good run last year. And this year they started off pretty well. And there's, you know, it's heartbreaking. When and, you like, lose to the Jets... 
backup cornerback group, you know that yeah. there's something wrong. Because, like, the Jets we were out, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, two great, at least Pro Bowl minimum level cornerbacks. And we literally played all our backups. I think Michael Carter was out too. So we, we were literally playing our three backup cornerbacks and they beat the Eagles somehow. Like with a backup quarterback too, like that game should not have gone the way it did. And I think ever since then, the Eagles were kind of broken. Like that win in my eyes was like, yeah. oh, we were, you know, like 10 and one and had that they game. Were, they were on top. And then it just, the wheels at one point just fell yeah. off. Like, I think the Buccaneers were a good team. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not like when Washington made the playoffs against the Buccaneers a couple of years ago when they won the NFC East. They This Buccaneers team was pretty good. Like, they were sneaky good, I, I'd say. They could definitely give you a tough fight. I will say with, you know, the, the Chiefs win-loss this season and then the Eagles coming in number one seed at one point and then dropping it you know this nfl season has been very different like i don't know if you think like like coming into the season i didn't think that it would turn out this way i mean there were teams that made no. the playoffs that you wouldn't even think lions lions are a big one you know i mean i yeah. feel like a lot of people thought they would this year but like from before yeah. i mean i had high hopes for the lions they haven't been to a super bowl i don't believe nope so i mean my uncle's a lions fan so and obviously the Chiefs are on, you know, they're in a different conference, so they're not, you know. I, yeah. We were my, hoping that they would be against each other. One of my fans, so he gets a little obnoxious. But besides them, I'll, I'll always root for them. I, I love yeah. uh, Laporta and some yeah. of those guys on that team. Just, they're just good players. And yeah. I love Dan Campbell. Who doesn't? There's a hot take that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl next year. I saw, yeah, I saw the Super Bowl colors. I think are you Do you believe that? I don't, I mean, this year I don't was believe, proven wrong, but. But, but, Chiefs red, you know what the Gatorade bath color was? The purple. So people are saying it's not entirely dead. So we what just have to see. Next year's. It's like a green, like a. Well, it's in Louisiana. Yeah, so it's, it's like a, a little... it's like a, in between like a Jets and an Eagles green. And I forget what it's the other color is red but like it looks like a reddish orange and then there's yeah. like a hint of purple with like lime neon green yeah it's it's a weird one and that's i'm not even sure if that's the official one like they keep changing and i've seen like four different real quote-unquote oh yeah reddit is really ones. good at creating posts or those whatever. you know fake i actually thought that was a joke at one point because there are some for next year that are clearly not the actual NFL logo. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, this one that I have up on my computer right now is some random site on, like, post on Facebook. And there's a guy, like, blowing a trumpet. And, like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's Steelers and Saints colors. And I was like, right. Cause it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, but... a Steelers and Saints Super Bowl, that, that could be pretty interesting. Yeah. But I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon. But, like you were saying, I felt like anyone could have won the AFC this year to me. The AFC was wide open. The AFC was very interesting. The NFC to me, definitely, it was like, all right, it's either, it's going to be the Niners. To me, it was always the Niners. We're like, we all, I'm like, all right, the Cowboys to me, I'm like, they're frauds. They're not going anywhere. We all know that. That's the Cowboys, to me at least. Then I'm like, all right, 
Green Bay had an impressive win, but I didn't think they'd be able to get it done against the Niners, especially with history. But like, it just felt like to me, the only other team that could have gave them a run for their money was the Lions. And they did. But I always just felt like, yeah, the NFC is the Niners to lose. I but feel like the-, the AFC this year, it was like, you know, Chiefs were up there, Ravens, like they were, they were all super close, right? And then the Chiefs just plummet. And then, you know, it kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, any one of the Ravens, you know, the Miami, Buffalo, or the Chiefs, those four teams back easily yeah. could have all won that. And then what else? Then you have the Texans who were, I thought, I'm like, I don't think they're ready, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won a game or two to make it to the championship. And then who else? The Browns. As much as I really would have liked to see Joe Flacco, I think everyone kind of knew that it was going to end at one point. So, and especially without Nick Chubb, if they had Nick Chubb, that run might have gone on longer, but that was doomed to fail. Cowboys. Same Eh, thing every year. Not really, because like the Browns don't make it every year in show. That's true. I mean, they did do better this year. And the last, last time they made the playoffs with Baker, they at least won a game. And they almost closed out the Chiefs at home until Chad Henney, of all people, runs for, what, 13 yards on third down? That was... They always find a way. That's the crazy thing about the Chiefs to me is no matter who's there, they find a way. And I think that's a great culture that Andy Reid has. And to me, it's like the Travis Kelsey thing at the Super Bowl, right? Running over to him and pushing him over. Is that a good thing to do? Yeah. Can we talk about that? But is everyone overreacting? Yes, that's Travis Kelsey. That's who he is. That's the relationship they have. I don't even, like, it's not even just Travis Kelsey himself. It's any player. Any player that's in a very, like, high-staked game. Your your adrenaline is rushing. It's the Super Bowl. It's the World Championship. And he was frustrated. He's supposed to be leading this team. And he was pissed off that he wasn't helping. And he wanted the team to win. Like, He said, and Andy said, you know, it wasn't out of a place of anger. It was like, come on, like, let's get going. Like, we want to win this game. It was two competitors who want to win. And to me, like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't push him, but, like, I get where he's coming from. He talked about in the New Heights podcast that, you know, it came from the heart. And obviously, like, their relationship, like, coach player relationship is going to be you know it get high stakes like that and he even said that like he regretted pushing him after and he came up to him after the game and like or even during the game like apologized and Andy was like yeah like no I understand where it came from but there's cameras on me like the media is going to be a lot of proportion and it did that I mean everyone's saying like that's so disrespectful it happens I mean like even Jason Kelsey was talking about it he was like it's hard to control your emotions in a game like that and you know you never mean bad by it you but it mean well but it happens and and you accept it and move on like yeah. that's you know a lot of nfl players are like that they're hyper competitive and that's how they get to where they are so that is just the nature of the game i mean and i also think that they had a close relationship had you know played a good part of it but it's also like you don't see them arguing like that it's not like it's a thing where you know, if they did that, Andy Reid's going to come over and bench him or whatever. Like, it's not a negative thing because you see tons of coaches and players fighting and dissing at each other. And 
doing all that stuff. But, it, you know, KC just seems to have well, a really good locker room about culture. Andy's reaction. He just said he was surprised. Like, he didn't realize that Travis, Travis was coming up on him that quick. So he was just like, I just like fell it, out of my stance because I didn't yeah, realize so. it, you know? Like, he wasn't mad. He wasn't, I mean, in the moment he might have been mad, but, you know, things happen and he understands that. I mean, he, they talk him, so well about yeah. each other all the time and it's their relationship and people just, when you don't see it from the, you know, your point, like their point of view, like it's hard to understand that, especially if you're not like an athlete or, you know. Yeah, to me, that's player. one of the most underrated aspects of coaching, you know, just ha building a great locker room culture. And, you know, I've seen it here in Cortland. They have an amazing locker room culture. They won a national championship. You know, Kansas City has an amazing locker room culture. I feel like that is a big component in getting people to where they need to go. Because you could have, I mean, basketball is a little different, but like you could have 11 of the best players in football, but if they're not in sync, they're not in sync. But if you have 11 guys that are moving the same, playing the same, just on the same wavelength, it's huge in a team sport like that. I will say that I have mentioned in the past um, there must be a really great relationship with the guys in the locker room and with Fitz because, I mean, they've gone into the locker room with, you know, a really close game and they've come out and just blown everyone out of the waters. And, like, I mean, the Chiefs do the same thing. So, I mean, you know, looking at, like, common yeah. common things there, you know. Mm -hmm. Great relationships. And then, like, I know it's not off topic and he's technically not even coaching anymore, but I always got that vibe from Mike Vrabel with the Titans. To me, no matter what he had, he always got more out of what he had than like what was given to him. Like his defenses, I feel like, were always shoestrung together by their old GM. And like he was just able to coach it up in such a good way and really get that team to communicate and collaborate. Like, you know, the offense, they schemed it around Derrick Henry because that's what worked when he was, you know, younger. And I hope he continues to kill it. I love that guy. But I I just feel like he's like another one of those coaches. And I was really surprised when he got fired. Like, I did a double It's take. been an interesting year for coaches, I will say. There's been quite a few coaches that have been released yeah, this and season. There's a lot of, like, there's some weird signings too. Like, Dan Quinn to the Commanders was, that, that was when I looked at it and I'm like, Really? Like, you're going to hire the DC of your division rival who's an old retread head coach and you need offense? Like, that was also, like, the Falcons with Raheem Morris surprised me a little bit, but I now that I, after I thought about it, I think that's a good fit for them because they do need to rebuild that defense too. But I don't know. Dan Quinn for the commanders. I'm like, they need a guy like... Like, I thought the enemy maybe going up or someone like Vrabel I thought would be good for, like, the Patriots job or somewhere where you have to, like, need that kind of coaching style. I don't know. I just – there was a lot of really weird coaching decisions made this year that we'll see if they pay off or not. I mean, you know, Brian Callahan went over to the Titans. He's their new OC. So, Cortland alum Dan Pitcher yeah. is now the OC of the Bengals. I'm excited about that. Yeah, so hopefully they kill it next year. Joe Burrow is going to go for, like, 6,000 yards. <laughs> I know. It was – this season started off rough for them. Yeah, uh, but they, like, retooled their offense. They yeah. 
they I feel like work. they've used the season as kind of just you know and to then, work things out and you know yeah and then Jake Browning too coming in being an amazing backup option for them that was very underrated you know just the way that he was able to come in and instill confidence in the team and help me win a fantasy football championship but you know that he was a fun player to watch I remember watching uh, the Bengals game against there so. No, that's New Year's Eve, actually, 25 to 17, bring it back to the games, but it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, and then, and then, like I said, you know, that kind of brings us to the end of the season where you get playoffs where the playoff run for the Chiefs, I think was, I think it was like the thing they needed because everyone talks shit. Mahomes can't play on the road. He, you know, he hasn't played on the road. He hasn't done this. Goes, you know, beats Miami again which I think was huge, which we talked about. Then going on, beating Buffalo in Buffalo was huge for them. Yeah, there was a lot of media that are like, they're not going to win this time. You know, Buffalo's finally playing a playoff game. To me, Buffalo is the AFC Cowboys. Crazy hyped up QB who throws a lot of interceptions. Allen is way better than Dak, though. Don't get that twisted. And they always just seem to choke in the playoffs. Like, they... It really is they just they but it's always the Chiefs. It's like the the Chiefs to them in the playoffs are the 49ers to the like Green Bay Packers. Like they just can't beat the Niners. The Packers can't beat the Niners. The, it's once it gets, you know, those high stakes. And then now it's the, just like in your head every time. It's like, how long is Stefan Diggs gonna stand there? He's been standing there for three years. Yeah, okay. At least it was in the last 13 seconds this game. Yeah. I mean, but but it was wide right, like like yeah. the Super Bowl loss, so that was that was fun it's poetic you know football is so poetic like that it's just the way that people lose sometimes or the way things shape out it just it just happens to be so funny sometimes but then again that's because it's got such a long storied history people say it all the time with baseball then after you get to play the ravens on the road for the afc championship and you know the ravens were the one seed they were great all year and then you beat them 17 to 10 and you know what I learned from that? I think Zay Flowers is going to be real, real good. I think that game is going to like motivate him to be better because he had a really good rookie season and I really enjoyed watching him. And we know a couple of Ravens fans around. So like Tubbs. Oh, Tubbs he's a big, oh, yeah, he's a big Ravens fan. So like he's always hyping up Zay Flowers. And I'm like, dude, I agree with you. I think he's going to be great. And, you know, I saw I saw him be great this year, but he still needs to work on a couple things. But. Man, he you know, I he cost them that game, but I will say I haven't that really was close. watched the. I've been following the Ravens like their stats and everything, but I haven't generally watched them play. And my family that's from Staten Island, like they're big Ravens fans, so they flew down to Baltimore and watched some games, and they flew right back the same night. I'm like, there's some dedication there, so I like had really high hopes for them. I was like, wow, they're doing really good, and then that game came along, and they just. I don't know. They just played very dirty. I feel like eh, I didn't really see the game. I like I didn't see much of it. Yeah. I think I was working. Yeah, I think I was working that day, so I didn't get to see m- most of it. So I can't really comment on that. But you know, the low scoring game. I figured it would be another you know kind of twenty eight to twenty one affair, not seventeen. I mean, to 10. everyone talked. They kept saying that the Ravens are going to kill the Chiefs. So I mean. But they also said that about, like, the Chiefs all year. Like, that was the thing. Like, oh, are the Chiefs dead now? 
And the scary part to me is I don't see them getting worse. I think the you Chiefs. lose Chris Jones, you keep Sneed, but I just, I do not see them getting worse. I just think they're going to get better. That's what scares me about that. This I was team. talking to someone the other day and we were like, I think all of the hate surrounding the Chiefs is just because they've been winning so consecutively. Like, I mean, think about it when like it's the pa- it's the, Patriots. the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. That's you know they won the Super Bowl how many years in a row? Like, it's just they're mad because their team's losing, and like they're you know this yeah this was it, the <laughs> worst Chiefs team we've had in a while to me, and they just still find a way to get it done. I mean, and- you said at the Super Bowl you were like at this rate they're going to be coming back again next year. So what was your thought behind that when you texted me that? I don't even. I'm like, yeah, like at this, like they just, they always seem to change their offense and switch. Like I said, I will say working the Super Bowl, my I'm here moment was when Kyle Huszczyk hurdled someone on the first drive that happened. And I like my eyes lit up like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, holy, I am the Super Bowl and Kyle Huszczyk is hurdling people like it never sunk in until that moment. So as a photographer, that moment was so funny because I mean I've taken photos at football games I've done video and like being in like very 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 close to the end zone is nerve-wracking because anything can happen and I've had times where like players will like tackle each other and they'll slide into me but like seeing that I know that those photographers were afraid for their life their camera equipment like you know it's a thought but like the way he just hurdled that photographer I was like though he definitely Definitely had it in mind, but... No. I didn't even know he, like, hit the... I just saw, like, on the game thing, like, he was trying to hurdle someone. I didn't know he hurdled the photographer. No, there was, like, a... So, normally, it. in, like, big games, especially well, yeah, they're NFL the games, line. like, there's so many photographers you I didn't can't even, move. Well, like, I didn't notice, because, like, I was just watching it, you know, like, because where I was, oh, yeah, I was yeah. at the 200 level, so we were walking back and forth. Like, I was a team captain, so we had teammates, team captains, and two team coaches for our level. Yeah are part of the level so I was one of the captains so I was making sure all the teammates were good walking back and forth most yeah. of the game no he hurdled the photographer yeah. but that was that photographer is also like when you're shooting NFL games or honestly any sport where you're that close to the field you got or the attention. court you have to like be super low to the ground like on your knees and he was kind of standing up a bit and you could see the line of all the other photographers like the media that they're all lower to the ground than he was so he he got lucky on that one yeah, I would, for I don't, sure. but that but. that was so electric i'm like oh my god like because i love fullbacks like my guilty pleasure like if you pull a kyle who's check i don't know it's just it brings me great joy in life to see fullbacks doing things in the nfl because they're a dying breed and then like if you're a fullback in the nfl you're special like you're really good at being a fullback you know kyle who's check I'm blanking on all my fullbacks. Normally, I can name a lot of fullbacks. Alec yeah, Ingold on Miami. Especially you know, the Ricard. For the Chiefs, there were a lot of players that don't normally, like they said, they stepped up. I mean, like normally it's always like, oh yeah, Mahomes. Well, obviously Mahomes, you know, big time with all the scrambles, but. Well, they're like Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, it's always like, oh, well, when all else fails, like throw it to Kelsey mm-hmm. and you know, they've had those big plays but i feel like the super bowl was very different you know that's how it was to me last year too i felt like it was yeah. going to be a very like they spread the ball around they do the gadget plays i f- i don't know the name of the play but they ran the same goal line play to me cole this time mm-hmm. you yeah. know like last year when tony and sky Moore both had touchdowns 
Like it, they do very well in spreading the ball around and mixing it up for the Super Bowl. I think they they're fantastic at that. And I just had no idea where it was going to go. But, you know, George Karlaftis on defense stepped up. I forget the linebacker. You definitely know who I'm talking about. I'm just blanking on his name, but he had the blocked PAT and oh, um, Nick Bolton. No, I don't know if it was Nick Bolton because I don't have my laptop, so I can't look it up today. <laughs> but, you know, he really stepped up in the game. Like there were a lot of key contributors from people you wouldn't normally expect, which is what I really liked about that game. Leo? Oh, Leo Chanel. Yeah. Leo Chanel. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah he, he had a great game. I was going to say, I'm like, I know Nick Bolton. Like, I know Leo Chanel too, but like Nick Bolton is more of a, I'm not going to say household linebacker name because no one knows Nick Bolton really. <laughs> but like a lot of people know him, especially Chiefs fans, you know. But, you know, Leo Chanel stepped up. George Karlaftis had a great game. You know, good, you know, hopeful for the future that George can replace him. Chris Jones's sack production, which is, you know, hard to do, especially from the interior. So the draft's going to be interesting for the Chiefs. Where do you think they go? You think they're going to go, you know, defense or they're going to try to load up the offense a little bit more? I think after the season, probably the offense. I mean, we have we have a decent, decent, really good defense, but. I feel like it's going to be re-signing key defensive pieces i i don't know because i know everyone's saying how we need a lot of i don't know i feel like there's so many different theories that you hear out there like oh we need more of this we need more of this like as a jets fan i hear everyone saying oh we need line we need line we need line then you're people like oh we need to get a receiver and we need to get you know someone like that and then people are like let's draft brock bowers if he's there i'm like dude the last thing we need is tight end (laughs) like we need everything else before that but I don't know. The draft is going to be very interesting this year because I read that 11 of the top 50 players are offensive tackles and 11 of the top 50 players are also wide receivers. So there's a lot of talent at those two positions. And to me, they all play very differently, at least the wide receivers, which I feel like this year more than most, there's a lot of different receiver types in the first round. You know, Roma Dunze is a great deep threat along with, what's his name? On on LSU, Malik Neighbors. But then, you know, you get the Keon Coleman's, you get guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. There's there's just a lot of different types of draft picks, but. You can always, I mean, defense is always, It'll it's always be an option, but I know like ever since Tyreek left, I think they need to try to get another offensive weapon. And, you know, you'll find someone. You found Rasheed Rice somehow. Yeah. I mean, everyone's uh, social media is always like, well, we, yeah, because we need better wide receivers. We need more wide receivers. It's just. Well, it worked out. And then, you know, just to wrap it up. So, like, how was your Super Bowl experience? Like, how was watching it from home? Like, did you think they were going to come back? Like, what was it like for you? So, I went to. A friend's house and we had this big party so they had like three different tvs going on and so we were downstairs and the tv wasn't working at first so we're sitting there i didn't know the game started because they were like oh the game didn't start yet and it was already past you know 6 30 start time so we're like okay whatever so we were sitting there and then i walk upstairs to see if the other tv's working and i 
it was like maybe five minutes into the game already, three minutes or something like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? So like sitting there and watching it and like obviously like they were super close, like zero, zero, you know, we had one of the, the boxes at home. So my dad obviously got the first quarter at half, but because obviously the zero is the end. Zero. I don't know, it was super close, but I just kept going back and forth. And then we had some commercial breaks and then come back to it. And then we were losing. And I was like, okay, I know the Chiefs. Yes, we're losing now. And I got definitely shit on for it. <laughs> but like, you know, they're going to come back. It's the Chiefs. They, they, I swear, something, whatever Reed says in the locker room, like we talked about before. He, he's got something. He, maybe, <laughs> maybe all the, players just like drink a lot of Gatorade and get really hyped up on sugar or what are those energy you know, drinks yeah fast <laughs> twitch or something or they got to be doing something in the locker room because they come out they came out with a completely different team and that second half yeah but teams that do I give them respect though for teams that do that because it's hard it's hard to come back I mean high school college sports are a lot different but when you're losing it's all in your head like it's in your head at that point. You can come back, yeah. but it's just, it's a mind game. So it's different because, you know, I've been on teams where we're down, we're out for the count and people just have a losing mindset. I'm like, come like, come on, like we still got a chance. Like, let's go do this. And some people just don't have, you know, would have that. But then in the NFL, I feel like you have to have that kind of culture where you feel like you can always win no matter what. Because it's the NFL. You are that level of player to make it this far. Which I think that's kind of what led Kelsey to have that interaction with Reed. He's like, just we know because, we're better than this. Yeah, they knew. He knew. I, I, think, I mean, Reed knows too. Everyone knows like they were just not playing good at the beginning. And, you know, Travis was just frustrated. He was mad that like he wasn't contributing to the team. He was mad that the team itself just wasn't executing the way that they know they could. So whatever happened in the the locker room during half, like it happened, they came out and they executed very well. Like I, they definitely, they had a goal, they had a plan and they executed it great. Like they fought and fought for that second half. And, you know, the minute it went into overtime, I was like, are you kidding? Like I didn't when was the last we'll time? It was 2017, I think was the last yeah, time. Yeah, 28 to 3. Patriots? 28 to 3. Yeah, Patriots yeah. Falcons. The last time it was an OT, so it was just like it's crazy how obviously we're not living through history. We but didn't even get an no OT but... playoff game this year, which I thought was kind of surprising. Well, and this is the first overtime game with the new rules too, like the first NFL not like Super Bowl game. Not that it mattered. Yeah, but it's yeah the new rule. I mean, everyone was talking about it, so yeah, it's the first Super Bowl with the new overtime yeah. rules. So it's definitely like you are kind of living through history with that, but when overtime. And I was like, just waiting to see who gets the ball first. Like, and so I found out it's four Niners. I was like, all right, well, good. that's a good thing. Well, they thought it was a good thing, yeah, but yeah, it was a good thing for the Chiefs. Um, so the kick, and I was like, okay, field goal. You know, we had what two records happen? I think a I Super think, Bowl what two was it? longest kick. The four no, because the Chiefs, the four Niners had it, and then and then Bucker and broke then Bucker broke it. I think it was right the same after. record twice, yeah. I can't remember what it was. 55, I think. I don't know. I just know 60 or it was no, a kicking record. But It was crazy. I I mean, everyone's baffled. Like, we have, I mean, I've always known that Bucker, he's a really great kicker. And I mean, I talk about him all the time. Like, we're lucky to have him. And I 
obviously didn't really follow the 49ers as much like the kicker and stuff like that. And he's, he's got, he had some struggles earlier in the year because there, there was like, it was towards the end of the regular season where he was missing a couple kicks. I think he missed one in the playoffs too. Mm, (laughs) To come back. Popped off in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but to come back in the Super Bowl and do that, that's great, especially as a rookie for him. So, yeah. No, that's, that was crazy. I mean, even though you lost, I mean, you you still you had with the record for what five minutes? Yeah, for there a decent amount of time. Yeah. I don't know how long it was, but I mean, our experience was like from the other end. We were up at four in the morning, got on the team bus. You have to go to another stadium that isn't a Legion stadium to get a credential. So we went to like an arena across the street. It's a whole separate arena. Yeah, literally, they're all they're giving us all our credentials. We have to wait in line. Then we get on a shuttle bus to go to the Super Bowl. Then we have to go through security. After you make it through security, then you have to go find where like you're assigned. And our shift started at nine. So we got there a little late because we had to go through the whole lines and everything. And we got held up even though we're up at like four in the morning. And then, you know, we have to go from there. Then we go up to our posts and, you know, we're up there for a while. We're up there. The doors open, I want to say at 11. We're up there at like 10. So we were kind of walking around trying to find out where the suites were because we were on the 200 level where most of the suites were. So we're like, all right, just in case somebody comes up looking for them, like being able to direct them to the right suite and stuff. You're trying to plan all that out. Did you? What? Did you see Taylor Swift? No. Uh, some people did see Brittany Mahomes. Really? And uh, really have uh, Jackson. A ton of security around them. Not really because we saw that. Like before the game, like I, I was doing my round, so I didn't like really notice her, but somebody else did. And they, I feel like she might not, but I know for sure. Like maybe when know, the game started, they had more because we saw them like way before game time. So mm-hmm. that could be it. But, you know, we were going around making sure everything was set up. Then, you know, we have all our teammates in certain spots, like throughout the concourse, like kind of like standing, posting guard of like where the most like issues would arise. Then so you guys there. were kind of like directing people where they had to go. Yeah, like we were like event that... staff, like, and then we were mm-hmm. in charge of them on our level. And then we had two people above us, like, you know, controlling that. Obviously the power hierarchy there. So, yeah, I mean, oh boy, sorry. Chugs the the energy drink at Literally, 7.39 at night. <laughs> well, it looked cool in the fridge and it was the only thing I had in a can. So I just grabbed it and came. I don't have vitamin C in it. Country, uh, country time. Yeah. That is some. <laughs> 12 for 12 bucks. I got a bundle pack, so. There's only 200 milligrams. I just That's keep them enough. in the fridge. Yeah, they're not even really that really energy drink. Yeah. yeah. I just bought one of the, I don't drink energy drinks, but they were giving out free Celsius's, but like the new ones that have like, like 360 something milligrams in it. Oh. And so my roommate. She loves Celsius, so I was like, I'll just give it to her, but it's crazy. It's a lot of caffeine. Yeah. There was the same before that. Oh, yeah, we were walking around the concourse, and I just kept going back and forth, back and forth, like, all day, you know. You get to see a little bit of the game, obviously, through the TVs everywhere, and just being there for the atmosphere. You know what's going on. Yeah, I was going to say, you knew a lot about the game for working it. I mean, like, the game itself. Yeah, well, like, I feel like, like you knew a lot about the game, even though you were working it. Well, like, you can look at the stats after the fact and, like, yeah. 
But like we're going back and forth so much and it's there's TVs everywhere. Like you can see it everywhere, you know, and obviously you have the field right, you know, on the other side of the seats. So you could see the game pretty much most of the time. But like I was focused on going back and forth so much. I had people who were like, oh, you know, you see this celebrity, see that celebrity. I'm like, dude, I haven't noticed a single celebrity here today. Apparently, I must have walked by Darrell Revis like three times and I should know who that is. But I completely like didn't focus. The only two celebrities I saw were pointed out to me by other people. They're like, look, there's Maurice Jones-Drew. He's getting ready for his broadcast. And Keith Lee, the guy that does TikTok food reviews. He was there. Yeah. He was Stop, there. I love that guy. And he, he just got food. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to do a food review after the person told me. Because I was like going back I mean, maybe. I mean, he probably was there for just It was crazy. Like the amount of like influencers and like people doing stuff. We were walking um, oh, out from our restaurant one night and like going to like where the Uber spot was. And there's just a dude making like random TikToks like in the middle. And he's got like someone holding the camera for him. And he's like, by this like flashing, like fountain light show. I'm like, come on, there's other people here. So anyway. Influencers in the wild. Yeah. I anything, mean, anything you want to leave off with? I mean, it was a, it was an interesting run. It was a great win for the Super Bowl, And I'm excited for next season. And actually I'm excited for the draft first. Yeah. We'll talk about that. But uh, draft, draft season's coming up. Really close, actually. MLB, it's already what, MLB March? spring training. You know, pitchers and catchers just reported, so that's going to be fun to get back. It's an exciting time to, yeah. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to get Rob back on at some point. You know, he's working down in the Jersey Shore doing some minor league baseball work, so he's getting real busy with the season coming up. You but... know, everyone's doing some cool internships this semester. I'm excited to hear about them. I mean, you had the Super Bowl, which was just. It was just two oh, weeks, week, two you know, weeks, now I'm but... working over back at Greek Peak again, but, you know, love doing that. Yeah, I mean, what, Alyssa just finished up her internship with the Jets and, like... Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah, I think she did a summer and then a season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But... I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure um, what this... No, she's doing some it. cool things. There's a lot of people in minor league baseball right now for their spring internships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, this was the Super Bowl episode of the Dragon's Den podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.